Hey, welcome to Real Life Horsemanship, where we go behind the scenes of the horse industry and talk to equine professionals about what it takes to make it in the horse world. Our guest this week is Matt Bischoff, better known as Mustang Matt. Matt runs a storefront for BLM Mustang Adoptions, and he hosts clinics all across the U.S. He's most well known for taking in the difficult to train horses and turning them around into amazing horses. Welcome to the show, Matt. Welcome to the Real Life Horsemanship Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ava Falcon, and hosting with me today is Meg Bennett. Hi. (laughs) And we are here in Hamilton, Montana with the one and the only Matt Bischoff. Mustang Matt. Mustang (laughs) Matt. Uh, Most likely our most reluctant guest on the podcast, (laughs) considering the fact that we're sitting outside. It's good for you. In snow. (laughs) By a fire. It's amazing. It's like camping. <laughs> With a laptop and a microphone. So this is unorthodox, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me. Okay. This so is gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's gonna be there yeah, it's gonna be something. Cold? I'm slightly skeptical. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> All right, Matt, we're gonna start how we start with everybody. How'd you get into horses? YouTube. Okay. Oh, Lord. That's exactly how this is, how this is going to go. Matt. Oh, okay. Let's start back at the beginning. Tell us about your upbringing with horses. Okay. Yes. Uh, Pretend you're at a clinic. I don't, I don't remember how young I was. I was pretty young. I wanted a... Let's talk uh, loud. I wanted a pony. Okay. My dad said no. We didn't have much money. And he said, well, if you can find one for free, then you can have one. So I went down drew up these little flyers you know like i feel like it was like a stick figure picture of a little horse and it said pony wanted a good good home and i put it at the local feed store and this really? lady called my dad and said i got this little buckskin pony that we got to get rid of i'm sick of paying board and so we went and got him and his name was bucky and he lived up to his name classic didn't even have a saddle he bucked me off a hundred thousand times <laughs> But yeah, that's how I get got started. <laughs> okay, so from Bucky, you went into, and I was actually, when I first learned this about you, I was actually really happily surprised <laughs> because I feel like not a lot of cult starters have a background in hunter jumpers. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so then I started, uh, so then I didn't know how to ride or how to do anything. And so I started about three miles from my house, four miles maybe from my house was uh riding stables and so i would ride we didn't have a horse trailer so i'd ride bucky over there and i started taking lessons but we didn't have money so my dad wanted, he didn't want to pay for lessons so i worked out a deal with the i would muck all the stalls in return for getting lessons and then started doing more and actually that little pony he uh ended up i did yeah started then i started doing hunter jumper with them and showing and and that tough and riding some of their really nice horses that but and then bucky ended up doing most everything barrel racing and pole bending little pony uh he wasn't tiny he was probably i don't know he's probably like 14 hands he was a he was like a welsh cob cross of course yeah they always (laughs) i have bucked off more welsh ponies than i have anything in my whole yeah he was he was pretty pretty sturdy though like he, he was probably if he wasn't 14 hands, he was just under it. He's really? a good-sized pony. Because I feel like we've had discussions about heights on horses before. And I feel like every time we have... I've been pretty much right. This is not how it went, no. 
Andrew has absolutely 16 too. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's not even it. Okay, so we went from hunter jumpers. What drew you so before I get into that question? Yeah. Let's talk about um, your business today. What is your business today? And yeah, just expand on that now. Uh, so I have several irons in the fire. Yep. <laughs> I feel like a one-wing hummingbird most days. <laughs> uh, That's great. I am a BLM adoption facility holding facility for the BLM, Bureau of Land Management. Uh, we have uh, April through usually October-ish horses available and burrows available for adoption here. And uh, so basically I house the horses and uh, people can use this as a pickup location, either tip trainers in the area or um, adopters to pick up horses. So we have that going on. Okay. I still do a little outside training, um, miss it, Do used to exclusively do that, um, but I do a little outside training. I. Uh, travel and do clinics and uh, I think that's pretty much do a little farrier work here and there on problem mm -hmm. horses um, do some workshops with people who have issues with their horses or want their horses to get started and where they'll come down for wherever I mean I've had people come as far as Oregon and Washington and California and stay here for in Hamilton and 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 work with me for several days to kind of help them get going mm -hmm. so yeah I know I have <laughs> yeah same Matt help me I have a crazy horse <laughs> so talking about what you do with uh the like what you do with horses so like I've been steeped in horsemanship for a lot of years and I'm not going to say that I'm an expert like I feel like I'm just scratching the I surface I would agree with that <laughs> oh my gosh Matt <laughs> I feel like I'm just scratching the surface but I went and interned with you last summer and it was some of the most effective horsemanship I have yeah. learned in my entire career. Now I feel it's, like a jerk because I just, I just, I just made fun of you. And you're you all kind nice of should feel bad. And you're all nice to me. But I wanted to say, like, for a lot of people, like when I've talked to, to people about what you do, they it seems so unorthodox to them. So I want to ask you, how did you come about the horsemanship that you do now? Because it is very unorthodox compared to what a lot of horsemen do, because they do it very by the book and they have specific processes, but yours is just so different yeah you're so out of the box let's talk about that well what's your philosophy <laughs> that's i feel like that's my the mom question. always said i was special <laughs> no. she uh, was right <laughs> and my brother said ed no just kidding. um i mean i think it all comes down to building a connection and it sounds romantic and it sounds cliche or whatever but if you can communicate with that horse and build a connection with the horse you know a lot of those more traditional methods where you kind of get into repetition and stuff they can be effective but when you start dealing with like you know tougher horses that's where a lot of times you got to build that connection and 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 you got to learn to read the horse and um you know just figure out how and what's effective with that particular horse and i think what makes a good trainer is being able to work with so many different types of horses with yeah. different types of personalities yeah and if you go at it in the same way 
it's not going to be as effective, I think, as if you can kind of cater to what that horse needs. And, and there's a lot to it with herd dynamics that I've kind of learned over the years and just understanding why horses do what they do and, and trying to get behind it more so than just getting the job done. Like, right. Rather than just riding the colt, I want to know why is the colt bucking? You know, right. is he bucking out of fear? Is he bucking out of aggression? Is he bucking because he doesn't like it? Is he bucking because right. it feels funny? But get to the mind of the horse and then you can get to the rest of them. And and understanding that herd dynamic and just the big thing that's helped me is, I guess, the is understanding the herd dynamic of how that pecking order is aligned. Um, horses naturally... I think a lot of times people treat him like people and yeah. I need to almost become a horse and communicate with that horse with where he's at. And uh, it's their natural mentality to work their way up that pecking order. So when they're defiant about doing stuff and they don't want to be their feet to be moved or they don't want to do what you're asking them to do, yeah. it's not because they want to always be a bad horse or be mean or be, it's just because self-preservation is telling them they need to work their way up the feed chain right. the food chain or the pecking order so they get better feed and breeding rights and right it's just how they're designed it doesn't mean they want to be bad it's just if they're superior to that herd you know member in their herd then they get better rights right and so survival yeah it's just it they're just designed the way they're designed and uh, so just understanding that and trying to figure out ways to get through to them is Mm-hmm. what I try to get better and better and better and Maggie did a good job <laughs> full circle back to Matt feeling like a bad person <laughs> well I have to say that uh I, I don't think I would consider myself as being easy to work for uh well, you can just ask my kids or you know I expect or his wife I try <laughs> I try I try my best to uh to do to do the best I can and I expect a lot out of I will say, like, I haven't had a lot of bosses, but I've had a few not great bosses or great instructors in my life. And working for you was actually really easy because you made me feel so comfortable around yeah. the horses. Like, you never made me feel judged or scared or, like, I had to do something out of fear. But I was tough on you. You're if you tough, made a mistake, like, I told you. And I said, yeah. you know. But you never made me feel like I'm like the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, too, that's, you know, it's just like with a cult. You got to learn how to build the confidence and. You got to learn how to, you know, work with them. And I'd say I'm better at working with horses than I am people. I'm I mean, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta sl- put the slap back somewhere. Amazing. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still learning. I would have to say, like, um, one thing that you touched on was bucking. Like, are they bucking? Because I feel like, uh, like, for me, watching you start Colts has, like, fundamentally changed some of the things that I do. And now I get bucked off less because of it, I think. So that's great. Plus. <laughs> that's always good. Um, but uh, I think. Sorry. My, are, are you are my, you getting a little warm? This the... fire's got my back <laughs> nice and Okay. Um, you talked about, you know, some horses are bucking out of fear. Or are they bucking out of aggression? Or are they bucking because it feels funny on them? Like, how did you start distinguishing? Because I feel like as a colt starter, right, like bucking is a central thing that like people who are riding colts are trying to hopefully avoid or get past or whatever so like how did you start distinguishing or noticing like a a horse that's more defiant and is like resistance and that's where the bucking is coming from versus just a horse that's purely out of fear just Mm -hmm. panicking and bucking can you talk about that well i think every horse is different um 
and I'm I'm on a journey to constantly try to kind of learn from each horse. Right. Um, you know, it sounds kind of, but I literally have learned what I do on making mistakes. Okay. And on, <clears throat> well, that didn't work, and, and, you know, just getting back to the, you know, I'm trying to constantly get better with feel. Yeah. And, you know, and that's such a very, it's thrown around a lot in natural horsemanship, and it's a word and a term that's used a lot, and I feel like there's so much to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, feeling desensitizing, feeling basically what it all comes down to is communication. Right. Um, the horses are so in tune with communicating through body language and through pressure because that's how they talk amongst the herd. And so that pressure can be body language, that pressure can be a rope, it can be a rein, it can be a leg. And it's that when they do the right thing, that pressure eases off and softens just a little. And when they do the wrong thing, that pressure increases and, and makes it a little bit more uncomfortable for them. And so, you know, it's that communication of wrong and right. And if the timing is there, it's really effective. And I'm on a journey to constantly get better and better. And then read the situation. You know, horse training has, you have to, you're going to be humbled. Or, and I have been really fast when you go in with an agenda. Uh-huh. You have to be able to adapt. Yeah. And you have to be able to, you know, as the situation unfolds, to go with it and 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 figure out you know and that just I think comes with experience and working with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of horses yeah so I want to ask you how did you first start that journey into where you are with now with horsemanship like what was the horse or experience that you had that made you go oh my gosh I have to change everything that I've been doing and learn a new way yeah that's a good question Meg. <laughs> thank you nice I don't I don't think it necessarily like was a turning point I think I I started, you know, as a hobby. I got into training mules because I start. I got real big into packing. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that, and I love. I still do. I love packing. I love getting in the backcountry with my stock, and and then, um, you know, mules are tricky. They're mm-hmm. kind of similar to mustangs, I'd say, because they have a lot of self-preservation, and mm-hmm. a lot of people say they're hard to train. I don't. I mean, I guess it could depend on the mule, you know, but. Um, I think that it was just, it just kind of evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was an actual turning point. I think it was like, you know, I didn't have, I'm kind of a introvert, so I don't, mm-hmm. I would never be one to go to a clinic, not because I feel like I'm better than anybody and I right. don't want to learn from them. I'm just, if it's something, <laughs> something I'm not, that I've done before, I'm like, nope, don't want to do it like a podcast. <laughs> Hey, but we got you here doing it somehow. Yeah, let's just pause this whole conversation and talk to how difficult it was to get Matt to sit down. That's part one. Talking to a microphone, part two. I mean, we are literally outside. <laughs> yeah, like, I have to apologize if the audio doesn't sound good because I we did not test anything. We are this <laughs> is just rigged. like. This is just like... It's amazing. We're here by the a fire. <laughs> Their sun is out. There's snow on the ground. My computer's outside. There's we a can, little dog. We can hear horses. It's, it's okay. fantastic. Um, one thing I think people should know about you, if they don't already know you before listening to this, is that you start you start cults, but you don't do what normal people do. <laughs> Sorry. Like, most normal okay. people don't start 10-year-old Mustangs that have recently been gelded. Like... I mean, I feel like, you know, you, you've started, I'm sure, lots of different ages, but, like, most people, like, for example, I'll pick on myself, like me, if someone was like, hey, Ava, I have a 10-year-old bronc, 
want to start it, I'd be like, no, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I know this crazy guy in Hamilton, <laughs> but like, I feel like you take the horses and you can totally correct me if I'm way off base, but I feel like you take the horses to some extent that really no one else wants. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... And how did that start? Why? Why do you like that? Why do you do this? That's a good question. I mean... Like, it does... It makes no logical sense. Yeah, why don't you train the really nice, well-bred horses and make a lot of money on those things? Yeah, I probably would be doing a little better as far as financially if I just did that. But I don't know. I guess I... I guess... I mean, I guess I just have a passion for trying to take the really... And there's... I mean, honestly, there is a lot of... um, There is a lot of accomplishment when you get one that, you know, like a couple of my really couple of my really good saddle horses were considered untrainable and now I'm traveling and doing clinics and they're pretty dang broke yeah um so cool and so I feel like there's a couple components to it like I feel like I use my own horses that I've worked with to kind of be ambassadors that you know I feel like the Mustangs especially I feel like now people are a lot more into Mustangs sure than they used to be I feel mm-hmm. like um now it's kind of almost cool yeah <laughs> whereas where were you guys you know a while back when you know they were just junk horses that nobody wanted and, right and and that were untrainable and i feel like i try to use my horses as ambassadors to say you can get a good quality horse out of these horses with with enough time and enough dedication to that horse and mm-hmm. and 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 patience and 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 fairness you know i'm not saying sitting here saying that it's all bunny bunny rabbits and rainbows right you know there's there's times where you definitely got to you know people would see me working with horses at times and say wow that's abuse right you know and you know and i just always go back to with my uh is being really fair yeah yeah but then also you know that horse with in that particular moment he needed to get kind of whooped on a little bit to kind of get in check because you think about how they kind of get into altercations within the herd and that can be pretty violent violent yeah Yeah. way more than ever i can do so i just kind of always now if you have a two-year-old you know who's you know not a dominant horse and just kind of goes with the flow you wouldn't by no means ever 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 need to go to the extreme as you would a seven or eight or ten year old band stallion that has been out there surviving and protecting his herd right so i feel like just reading every situation with every horse is important and um but yeah uh i think that it all just comes back to you know having that that i don't know i don't know <laughs> it's okay we can, <laughs> that's, you answered that really well do you want to talk about some of the horses that you have and the really difficult ones that you have in your Ooh, herd now yeah like can you tell us blues like can you give us a quick version on so blue? a quick version on blue is he he's a seven-year-old or he was gathered as a seven-year-old band stallion out of Alturas from the Devil's Garden HMA. Went to, was adopted to actually somebody who didn't even ever work with a horse. Just saw him because he's a beautiful blue roan and shipped him all the way to Florida and Ooh. sent him directly to a trainer. And that trainer had him for two and a half years and then could not get him saddled. He had a really bad bucking issue and course i've never known a roan not to buck <laughs> but, uh, and I if have, they're pretty they must buck <laughs> i tend to have a lot of roans in my herd too but uh anyway he uh he then was he he injured that trainer pretty bad put her in the hospital and then he went 
uh, she got everything broken shoulder and broken arm and anyway Eesh. then went to another trainer and didn't work out with that guy hurt him kicked a farrier in the meantime broke his femur and the lady that I got him from she basically just reached out to me on social media and was like hey you know this horse is uh, you know he's he's a tough horse and you know what uh, what what can I do and I was like well you know I, I you know I, people reach out to me quite often and so anyway she asked me if I'd take him on and she pretty much gave me her blessing because she was kind of at a loss and said, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, you can turn him into bear bait, <laughs> you know, which was, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but, you didn't uh, say it. She, did. she was kind of at a loss. I mean, she was yeah. very well known in her community and, and she didn't, she, she was, you know, actually had a, a practice where she's a vet and she didn't want to kind of sell him and get somebody hurt and stuff. Right. So. Which is ethical. Yeah. Her. So I, I, you know, I took him on and started over from scratch and. The amount of time and dedication that I put into that horse has been just a lot, you know, astronomical. Um, <laughs> I and I could have. What's that? I was gonna say. I remember the second time I ever saw you ride that horse was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. But. Just pause while that garbage truck goes by. <laughs> yeah, it's I all right. Paid, it's I all part of it. It's part of the experience. That sunshine feels good, doesn't it? It's yeah. Nice, huh? I can't wait to put my feet up against the fire again. <laughs> okay. I'm getting actually a little hot. So, <laughs> you want to trade? we've gone over blue. Mm -hmm. Where should we go next? It's so hard to pick with Matt. I know, there's like a lot of things to talk about. Oh, um, clinics. What are those like, teaching for you? Because you said you're an introvert, so why do you do them? If yeah, you... why do you do horse <laughs> clinics, oh introverted sir? <laughs> also, I feel like you're so, not introverted. I was doing outside horses, and I had a client at the time. She's like, you should do clinics. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. And so, uh, I, I mean, I had no idea how to do a clinic, and so... Uh, she's like, yeah, 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 we'll do it, and it'll be great. And uh, so I remember talking to my mom on the phone, and she's like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, wow. And she she had really good advice, which my mom, she's amazing. She always has good advice. She's like, she's like. Shout out to the mom. Yeah. She's like, uh, um, Trixie. Trixie? Trixie's, get out of here. Uh, so anyway. Um, hey, Trixie. Yeah, she's like. She's like, you know, uh, just just go into that clinic and and work with the horse like you would when you're at home, and just explain what you're doing. I was like, oh, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it was really embarrassing though, because thank next God for weeks, Matt's mom. <laughs> yeah, the next couple of weeks I was here, and uh, you know, my there's a road that goes right by my arena, and I was I would start training the horse, and then I would talk about what I was doing. <laughs> And so, uh, so I oh, kind of, kind of yourself, yeah, basically. so I could kind of practice. <laughs> and so at one point the neighbors are walking by on their, you know, walk right by the road. And here's this crazy guy with a horse in the arena talking to himself. So and, if you move his hips to the left yeah, here. Yeah, and I'm talking real loud to project my voice and like, like, you know, nobody's around. But then I, and then I, t I looked up and I seen them and I just kind of sheepishly and shrugged and kind of waved. And they're, I think they're thinking this guy's nuts. But anyway, my first clinic, I think I puked three times before. And, really? Oh yeah. You're that I was nervous? So, oh, I'm, you know, not used to talking in front of people and. Yeah, it was it was quite the experience, but I've just tried to get better and better and better. And I would never have known based on the clinic that I went to last year. Yeah, Meg and I went to a Mustang Mac clinic. It was really fun. I showed fun. I showed up with like a Colt. I had twenty rides on those half yeah, wild. Just, you girls took the you stole the show. It was great. fun. We had a great time. Did awesome. I want to do it, it again. Was great. Did awesome. I I was telling. Um, 
Meg and Brandy yesterday that about when I brought that five-year-old horse here. Um, quick draw. Oh. The horse from hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how that was just like, I look back on that um, experience. I brought this horse to Matt's and we got him started and it was this awful horse that I had for two months before I brought him to Matt's and I, I did not do, it was probably my greatest failure on a horse in the last 10 years. Oh, he's a tough horse. He was tough and I think it was my greatest failure on a horse <laughs> in the last 10 years. But uh, like I was telling the girls um, about how like watching you work with him made me realize that like, okay, sure he moves his hips over he backed up or whatever like i got him to do these things but like he really needed me to be confident and i really realized watching you work with him how much i hadn't been confident mm -hmm. like okay so he learned some things sure but what he needed from me he never got mm -hmm. and that just like exacerbated him already being a tough horse <laughs> it just like made it worse so can you talk about like talk about with like people you teach or do workshops with or in your clinics like why you think confidence is so important in working with a horse and how you encourage that in people well you know I good feel question like, Ava. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have a really good question you stumped yeah. him <laughs> yeah you, no no I, I think that's a great question um you know confidence is such a important thing in anything and we do it in life you know whether we're in a job interview or you know asking someone out on a date i feel like that's <laughs> Not that I have any experience in that. Somehow you got married. Yeah. <laughs> there but, is uh, a God. Sorry. I gotta help myself. <laughs> but uh yeah, it it's it's you know, horses I've found, they really they really thrive and crave that confident leadership. Um and you know that's something that you know I've I've struggled with at times and I've just had to learn that, you know, you gotta just you got to just you know trust the process and you got to be confident in what you're doing and if, if it's a little too much that you're asking of yourself just break it down just like a colt you know because um, just like us as people we shut down when we get to a certain point where we can't hold mm -hmm. you know that we can't hold that amount of whatever it is right and then we got to kind of but then we almost shut down and, and so you know you ask just enough where yeah it's a little uncomfortable but then okay let's soak on that and and, mm -hmm. and same type of thing, I think, with people I've learned to try to work with them is, you know, I didn't know how to teach people how to get more confident with horses. I had no clue. I, I don't have a psychology degree and <laughs> any of that, you know. So, but I, you know, again, my mom, I think, you know, she had the advice of, you know, how do you teach the courses to get more confident? You know, well, I break it down and I get to a threshold and then say good job and then we build off of that. And right. same thing with people. But, yeah, back to the herd mentality, I think confidence is super important. You know, I've seen it in my own herd, you know, that horse that's down in the herd, he'll get spooked of a coyote in the pasture and he'll take off running. But, you know, he, they're drawn to that leadership. You know, he'll go out and then he'll circle right back around and come back to the herd. Right. Right back to the leader. And, you know, you'll see all of a sudden, you'll see blue, he'll, he'll you know, trot or canter up the pasture and go to drink water. And he's a dominant ho horse in my herd, in the gelding herd, and, and everybody follows him, you know, yeah. or I'll go catch him and... I'll be leading him out of the pasture and I'll have three or four stragglers following the boss, you know, right. <laughs> saying, Oh, where are we going? What yep. are we doing? You know? And so I just feel like horses are, um, are definitely drawn to that leadership. And I think it's really important, really important. It's just, uh, you know, good horsemanship is being able to control our emotions, 
and that's any emotion I think a lot of times fear but you know um, good horsemanship we got to stay cool calm and collected and be that confident leader and they figure it out pretty quick and they start doing things that you'd be surprised they would do at clinics or in lessons how do you teach people to manage their emotions when they're working with horses like what do you do if they're like if you have a client that's really just getting really emotional really scared really like maybe close to tears or whatever what do you do to help them manage that or what do you how do you intervene with that and well i've been pretty fortunate i haven't I haven't had anybody, I don't think, Just cry. cry today when you take a lesson with him, Meg, and see what he does. <laughs> I, I can't do that on command, I'm sorry. To, I'll, talk, I'll probably just run away. No, uh, no. I, I feel like, you know, learning how to read a horse is super important, and learning how to read people is super important when it comes mm-hmm. to that kind of stuff. And if I notice that that horse, just the same thing, I, I, I always compare it to a horse. If that horse is starting to get worked up or can't handle something, um, I'll break it down. I'll slow down a little bit. Same mm-hmm. thing with people. Yep, yep. You know, mm-hmm. okay, you're afraid to get on your horse. Let's just put your foot in the stirrup. Okay. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was good. That was awesome. And then let them release from that. You know, let them come down and take a right. walk and say, okay, I did that step. And mm-hmm. then, okay, you know, so I think just, you know, but if, if, if it gets pushed to a certain threshold where they're starting to get too emotional or too, let's just slow down. Let's take a breath. Let's mm-hmm. slow things mm-hmm. down, break down the steps. And I found in horses and actually in people and, you know, a lot of the clinics I've learned to deal with people the same way I deal with horses is, mm-hmm. is if, if it's too much for them in that moment, just break it down mm-hmm. and, and have the small victories. And and uh, and then before you know it, every time you get that release or you get that small victory they're they're like, OK, now I, I'm ready to go to the, you know, because they get encouraged, they get mm-hmm. excited and they right. say, oh, I did do that. And you tell them you did a great job. You know, yeah, you didn't ride your horse, but you put your foot in the stirrup. Right. And that's a start. Right. You know, and, and right. we've got to start somewhere. <laughs> right. We're all in process. You right. Know? We're works in progress. Yeah, that's it. And so, uh, and I try to really communicate that because, you know, I feel like the horse industry, especially not to, but it's kind of clicky and yeah. people are very judgmental mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and hard you know, on people. Yeah. And it's like, and I think a lot of that honestly comes from insecurities on their own part. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I'm going to judge you before you judge me type right. of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, horses are saying, yeah, that. I was about to say, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting how it's, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of like I'm going to move you away from the hay before you yep, can move me yep, away yep, from yep, the hay. Yep. So, um, but um, I feel like just you know I try to in my clinic say hey you know we're all on the we're all on the same journey we're at different levels absolutely sure you know and and no but you know just just focus on you and your horse right and I'm going to help you get step by step to make progress and one inch of progress is better than a step backwards right or being stagnant you know mm-hmm. so if you can give me one just like a horse if you can give me one inch. That's all I'm asking for. And right. then we'll, we'll build off that. I love so, that. Yeah. You say you're not good with people, but that is probably the healthiest way that I've ever heard of somebody working with a yeah. student. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. you're making me feel uncomfortable. Don't. Matt, that's like Matt's thing is like, I am an introvert. I don't know how to deal with people. I live under a rock. And then it's you all s- true. And then, yeah. you see, <laughs> and then you see Matt deal with people and you're like, man. I just deal with them like horses. Yeah, that's how. I don't know how to deal with people. I just, well, how do I deal with a cult? Well, break it down. Okay, I'll try that with people. Ah, that's pretty effective. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. still a good method. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, super, super. I mean, just like with horses, though, you got to learn to read the people. Yeah. We're yeah. all different and quirky in our own ways. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. I mean, look at me and Meg. <laughs> Let's talk about some unique individuals now. I don't want to touch on that. <laughs> well, now we have to. No, I'm kidding. Um, I had a question for you, and it completely poof oh yeah there it is okay so 
advice for people who want to like get into the horse industry as a professional don't do it (laughs) (laughs) i mean valid no no (laughs) i mean advice for uh you know if i'm a young person and i'm like man i want to train horses i want to work in the horse industry i want to you know what what's the first thing you're going to tell me that just like comes to your mind just 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 be confident in what you're doing okay and do you yeah mm-hmm. learn from other people yeah but don't let other people um alter i mean there's been you know i, I struggled a lot with you know er, early on you know with am i doing the right thing yeah am i doing you know and ultimately the only one that hurt is the horse because mm-hmm. when we question ourselves you know and and, and don't be afraid to make mistakes yeah. i do this for a living i'm on a horse in my professional and my personal life, almost 365 or okay. around them, yeah. guaranteed. And I'm still constantly learning how to get better and yeah. how to do better. And um, you know, it's a journey. So don't 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 overwhelm yourself. Start off, have small goals but big expectations, and just take it a step at a time. Yeah. You know, and if if you have the passion, you'll make it. I mean, I'm, I'm a nobody and somehow I've carved out a little bit of a living at it and I, I do what I love to do and, um, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, has it been easy? No. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where a lot of times if you have the passion, it doesn't matter if it's easy or hard, you just keep going. Right. You're going to get bucked <laughs> off. <laughs> You're going to get bucked off. Stomped know? on, kicked. <laughs> You're, it's going to happen. Yep. It's all, I mean, it's happened to everybody and, um just pick yourself up i've learned in my life i try to never have a regret yeah yeah and you know you're gonna make mistakes it's gonna happen learn from those mistakes you know um learn how to do it better the next time and to avoid that and be proactive to not let that happen again Mm -hmm. and move on don't dwell on that mistake and beat yourself up you know because then again that's gonna start to get into your confidence and that's gonna make things tougher Mm-hmm. For everybody. Mm-hmm. Good advice, Matt Bischoff. As he I... sips on his tea that his <laughs> wonderful, lovely wife brought him. Um, Seriously, this guy is life. I know. I think I know what the answer to this is going to be. But have you ever dealt with burnout where you question if you were going to stick with horses and if you wanted to do something else? Or I can't imagine you probably haven't. <laughs> and, like, how did you overcome that? Because, obviously you're working with horses all the time like you said have ever i'm sorry have ever like so have you ever had dealt a, with burnout have you ever had a moment where you question if you wanted to stick with horses consider or move, quitting yeah just consider quitting this and oh i mean i don't know yeah i mean that's definitely gone through your mind and and how did you deal with that well i mean that's a good question i don't really know how i dealt with it i just <laughs> i mean i think you're always gonna have moments where you're like man Am I really made out to do this or can I really do this or, you know, but you just got to take the small victories and, and, uh, you know, I think everybody gets burned out, but again, I think it's Mm -hmm. back to that passion, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, I don't care what it is. If you're like love to go like shopping all the time, eventually you're going to get burned out of going shopping, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like, I guess the biggest thing is just like with my horses when I'm starting a colt, you know, I've got a couple coming in and on a day to day basis, get away from repetition and, and keep, mm-hmm. keep, keep switching it up. Mm-hmm. I found, you know, especially starting Colts or any horse, they get sour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do something different, pull them out and tie them up 
for a couple hours, pull them out and do some groundwork, pull them out, pony them on the trail, mm-hmm. pull them out and ride them, pull them out and we'll take them on a walk, right. you know, just switch it up, keep their mind engaged, keep it new, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about training horses is it's always new, so it's not like this repetition <laughs> thing. But, yeah, I mean, you get burned out. I think, I think to be honest with you, I think I get more burned out not to be sound, you know, but with the people mm-hmm. part of it than mm-hmm. I do with actual horses. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. You know, the horses are so honest. Mm-hmm. Not that people aren't, but there's some amazing people out there. But, you know, I feel like, you know, the horses are super honest and, and uh, you know, people, you know, you're, you always kind of want to make, you know, like in the clinics, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure. I take it that way anyway. It's like, you know, they're paying good money to be there. You want them to feel engaged. You want them to feel like they're learning something. You want them to feel happy about being there. Mm-hmm. You want them to feel like they, you know, didn't waste their money and you don't, you know, and you made them feel comfortable yet. Some of them, you want them to feel like this is not a waste of time because their abilities are a little bit higher end than sure. some of the other students. So sure. it's just, you know, it's like, it's a lot. I think, and you know, I think that I make it a bigger deal than really a lot of people do, but I just try to always make sure that people are, you know, I, I, I don't do well with conflict or, you know, and I want everyone to be super happy, which you're never going to make everybody happy, but right. as long as you try to strive for that, and then I think it's pretty important. Yeah. Burnout's tough though. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's days where you're like, man, you just get tired and I just think just one day at a time. Yeah. This isn't really a question as much of a comment, but I remember last summer after, so I went and assisted you at your clinic early in the summer. It was like my first week. And I remember you asked me, what did you observe during this clinic? And, or what did you, what did you observe during this whole time? And I didn't really have an answer because I was largely, I was really cold and tired because I'd been standing in the cold for a while. But now that I'm thinking about it, like when during your clinics, I think it's really cool because you're talking about keeping people engaged and trying to make them feel validated. I don't think I've ever seen a clinician. I mean, I've only been to a couple of clinics, but I've I've never seen a clinician actively seek out each individual and work with their horses on something. Yeah. I would say that is a good thing about going to your clinics. Like you can guarantee Matt's going to come over and your horse, when I brought my little colt to the clinic, she was like, Oh my gosh, who is that guy with the crazy arms? Well, you adopted her here. So the first time I think she had an encounter with me, I was chasing her around with a flag. Kind of can't blame her for having a little resentment towards me, but you know, but no, yeah, no, I think it's important to make everybody feel like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just, important. Yeah, that's just like I just remember that was like I didn't think of it at the time. I didn't think of it at any time, but just when you were talking, I was like, wait, that's yeah, actually that's a really point. cool aspect of those clinics. Is getting to ride with Matt. It not oh, it's a <laughs> getting to ride with Matt. Well, then also like it, the horses actually get worked with instead of everyone just being a face in the crowd. Like each horse gets handled, and each person has a chance to improve. Yeah, yeah I try to I try to make even the auditors. I mean, if I have a moment, I try to always go over and see if they have any questions. And I mean, you got to remember, I mean they're. I worked in retail for a little bit of time, which is really weird, but really, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that helped me a lot to try to, it's just back to that customer service, you Mm -hmm. know, Yeah. making, you know, they're paying to be there. Yeah. And I don't know why, but a lot of people, you know, have some arrogance and, you know, I'm, you know, I don't have the time to talk to you. No, I mean, if, if, if you want to talk, you know, obviously I've got a clinic to do, so I can't spend three hours discussing with some lady why her horse drigs on the trail. 
Um, Does but what? Jigs on jigs the trail. Jigs on the trail. <laughs> okay, I didn't hear that word. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, just showing some time and spending time with each person, I think, is super important and makes yeah. them feel like, oh, wow, I went to that clinic and I learned a little bit. Yeah. And then I, uh, you know, didn't feel like I was just wasting my money, you know. Definitely. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm not going to say the names, obviously, but I, I've been to a couple of clinics and I feel like I gained as much as I would have been if I'd just been sitting on the fence without a horse. Yeah. I just That's felt nice. like I, I gained more actually being on the fence and observing. Than yeah, <laughs> when, pe- when I first started doing clinics, I've had a, a lot of my clients, you know, they were saying, you know, certain, you know, it was kind of a negative thing towards clinics, you know, because I think they f- a lot of times felt that way. And so I wanted to make sure when I did a clinic, I wanted to make sure that everybody felt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I don't have like 25 riders and, you know, sure. I try to keep mm-hmm. them small. And obviously there's not as much money to be made there. But right. again, I don't know if I'm very good at business because I'm working with Mustang. <laughs> that's why he's got Kristen. <laughs> yes. Thank God for Matt's wife. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> She's amazing. She, she, we were like set up in this tiny cold tack room. Oh, she God. made our life. <laughs> and she, she brought us coffee. Wait a second. Wait a second. Who, who built the fire? You here? only oh, built you the did. fire because you got cold. <laughs> I did not. Okay. <laughs> um, it was nice. I will say one thing, Matt. Just making too, you girls tougher. That I feel like you do well is you like, yeah, you like want to see people be successful. I've mm-hmm. felt that like from the very first moment when Utah and I came here and met you and looked at horses and everything. You took like all this time showing us all these different mustangs from all these different <laughs> parts of the United States and stuff, and like. It wasn't like you were getting any money to do that. You were just, you know, doing that. And, and like, even last year when I called you and I was like, how did you get insurance to do clinics? Like, I no idea what I'm going to do with my life. You know, like, uh, how, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question, like, with some diplomacy. Like, my experience hasn't always been that people who are like a little bit older than me or more successful than me you're a lot older than me for sure oh easy but uh <laughs> like actually, this was a debate we had the other day we were like uh actually i'm pretty sure matt's like 50 that is really that cuts deep that's really <laughs> but, uh, i am not even close i said uh, in the 30s <laughs> yeah i like meg a lot more than ava well, i like meg a lot more than ava usually do <laughs> but uh like my experience hasn't always been that like people who have more success or who are older and more experienced like really want really want to see like other people become really confident a lot of times i've experienced like well, don't get a big head and don't get caught. Which, I mean, of course, don't get a big head and don't be cocky and don't be a jerk. Totally. Mm-hmm. But, like, why are you so comfortable with encouraging success in other people? I mean, I don't... That's a good question. Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're on your A-game. What, Man, this is kind there? of like... I mean, I feel like, just like what the I horses, do. I mean, I feel like I get so excited when I have somebody contact me and they're like, hey, I've got... I adopted this Mustang and he's doing great and... I, get, I think, you know, back to the Mustangs, you know, and back to the horses, it's like you want success for them, you know. And yeah. I mean, I don't I don't have, you know, I mean, I've, I've carved out something that I do. I'll share. I'm an open book. I don't, I guess it's kind of foolish, but I'll share anything that I learned over the years the hard way, you know, with anybody to try to help them out. Because I think in the long run, you know, when you go to bed at night and you're like, oh, man, I, I, I caused success for that person and that horse. To, yeah continue on in their journey that's a really fulfilling mm-hmm. feels good you know yeah um i don't quite understand the you know 
I guess I'm just, that's that dog eat dog kind of, I'm going to get you before you get me type right. thing. You know, I'm, I mean, there's always going to be competition in anything, Sure. you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, uh, so, you know, you're, there's always going to be somebody better than you. There's right, always right. going to be, you know, so I just try to d- focus again on what I do mm-hmm. and let the rest of it just kind of, you know, and, and encourage people to, you know, and, you know, it's a lot of fun riding with people that are handy and riding with people mm-hmm. that, you know, not not to say it's not. I would say the majority of my clients is, you know, boy, I'm going to sound bad. About Inexperienced. This. Well, just older. Probably, actually, I would say probably 80 percent of my people that take my clinic are older women. Yeah. That just need confidence and they don't yeah. have a lot to do, and you know, and it's refreshing to ride with someone who's younger. Not to be judgmental or anything, but that's really handy because you know you can kind of. But at the same time, those people those clients that are older and even older men too they need help yeah so they need teaching who i'm not i mean i'm i'm too good to help them i'm too good to teach them how to move their horse around and i'm big on you know making that horse an extension of you and then you can do any discipline you want but Mm -hmm. keeps it safer yeah you know so anyway um i think it's always good to encourage people because at the end of the day i'll pick on you but really, <laughs> oh, we know. I'll, we'll pick send. I'll pick on you, but uh, I'll still, you know, I'll still. Uh... I'll pick on you. Let's talk about the time I came for a lesson. Oh yeah, let's talk. About and that. Matt forgot. Yes, this is not one of my strong suits. So yes, Matt's that at is, a horse show. That is a hundred. Well, okay, so te- yes, yes, I'm not the best with keeping track of things. I get here and it's like I have a little complete di- calm. Yeah, this, I'm like yeah, I've never seen this place calm before. I felt pretty bad about that. Yeah, it was a Saturday, and yeah, I, I was going to support a, f- uh, a fellow Han- trainer that was competing. Was Hannah, and, right? Yep. Hannah, Hannah was Kettling. on the podcast. Oh, cool. We yeah, she Hannah. was up. I've worked with her several times. She's had some tough horses that she's brought out here, and we've kind of put our minds together. She's awesome. And, yeah. and anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was going to support her at a at a competition she was doing up in Missoula, and totally <laughs> forgot about our lesson. Hey, Ava. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. 15 minutes from Missoula and Ava calls uh I'm like oh no I'm so sorry I felt bad too because then I was like later I learned it was Hannah who was going to watch I'm like oh I should have just gone to the horse show <laughs> seeing Hannah that was pretty bad I know it was I know. funny it was funny more than anything but yes speaking That's... of picking on you almost killed me my first day it wasn't even my first day I hadn't even started yet which time I feel like at one point I feel like at one point I almost dropped panels on yeah, you. Yeah, that was exactly. Yeah. I had did. panels dropped on me before. That's where yeah, I got the scar. Yeah. How many though? Because this one. was like this was like t- ten at least. Well, that was. Okay, now now Meg, you're slightly being dramatic. It was at least. It was eight. not that bad. It was five. It was. It was. It wasn't even. It would, they moved a little on the forks of the track. <laughs> they were at least eight. No, they came off. They came flying. <laughs> I, think, I feel. I, I can't remember, but I have fifty, so I predict. Safety first. I'm folks. over fifty, according to you, so I can't remember. I'm Sixty-five. Just He's near retirement at this point, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> if he can't remember how he almost killed me with a panel, well, you're fine. That's what you're happens. Fine. I mean, look at all the gray in his hair. And... That's because I have two daughters. <laughs> Whatever. And it's not gray. It's chrome. <laughs> Chrome is a lot cooler. <laughs> Matt, our last question for the podcast. Look, you've survived. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, our last question is we always ask uh, the guests to give, like, a, an Instagram caption of advice. Inspirational quote, couple sentences or less. Oh, the, man. To your, to your younger self. To your younger self. To little Matthew. <laughs> Mini Matt. Or Matt Jr. Think of it like it's a Tucker. 
Oh yeah, I met son. Okay. Gosh, he is like the spitting image of you. He's pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty rad. Ah, let me think here. Be dedicated, not motivated, and not inspired, but be dedicated. Hmm. Be ins dedicated. Ins yeah, inspiration is only lasts so long. Mm -hmm. Dedication is in there for the long haul. Hmm. So figure out your craft in life, what you want to do, be dedicated to it, and do it. That's actually really good advice. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> That's like and he says he <laughs> can't do a podcast. That was, this was probably one of my favorite episodes. I think Matt should have his like own talk show. Yeah, actually. No, People stroke. call in and ask Matt questions. <laughs> now that would be a money man. That's my next idea. That's a <laughs> The Matt Bischoff radio show. Well, I mean, I can't ride Colts forever, so I guess. Yeah, one day when you're in like two or three years when you retire. <laughs> two or three years? After Road of the Horse. <laughs> That's the goal. Oh, man. You, I, I get pretty annoying about my goals so, <laughs> so ask my horses they're like that's leave me alone that's you're dedicated <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's dedication <laughs> that's dedication terrorizing <laughs> that's that's how you ended up on this podcast <laughs> it's true all right well thanks for being on the podcast Matt. thanks for having me ladies <laughs> yeah thank you appreciate you guys okay sorry oh. it's a little chilly i'm gonna warm up by the fire before we start on intro <laughs> all right i guess we're good that's it matt that's all you had to do was it that bad? No, it wasn't that bad. Thanks for joining us today on Real Life Horsemanship. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guest today. And if you'd like to keep up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook.